If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to Cyberpunk Uncensored. I am Rob Mulligan, and I'm here with a guest named Phil. And you might recognize him from before he was on the Night City episode. He's also uh, in the Cyberpunk Uncensored group, one of the moderators there. But what's up, Phil? How you doing? Hey, Rob, I'm doing good, doing good. I'm glad to be here again. Nice. Yeah, so today's episode, I want to talk about why Cyberpunk is more than just a game. Um, once I started kind of talking about that online, Phil uh, chimed in and told me about his experience with it and stuff. And now I was like, man, you got to come on and talk about that. It's really cool. Um, but before we get into that, let me tell you why it's more than just a game to me. Um, it, it starts from when I was a kid. You know, I, I grew up and I, well, I'm still growing up, <laughs> but um, with severe anxiety. Um, I, growing up, my family was always moving around. My dad was always getting promotions to run different companies. And we just lived in almost every state in the country, um, even lived in uh, Chihuahua, Mexico for a while. But um, it was hard, you know, making new friends was difficult, getting into a new school was difficult. And the second I would get comfortable, we would get, I'd get yanked out and we'd have to move again. And it was just, I had no stability. So I had all these really bad anxiety driven habits like uh, biting my fingers until they bleed, which I still do today. I, I fight that a lot. But um, I also had to comb my hair nonstop, slick back like 24-7, like always had to comb it, always had to comb it and keep it like perfect back. And it's kind of the reason I have dreadlocks to this day. Like uh, back in 1995, a friend was like, man, you know, you're, you're nonstop combing your hair. We were having a party. It was like 3 a.m. with a bunch of friends, and we were at, at a beach house, and we had a jacuzzi, and we were going to the ocean and the sauna, and I was like asking him to run up to the condo and find me a comb because my hair was all knotted up and driving me crazy. And he was like, man, you're always tripping about that. Like you got an issue, you know, like you need to just stop. And I finally fought through and was like, man, I'm not going to comb my hair anymore. It's like, I don't know, I had to fight through it, but... It was like this extreme moment where I, you know, I would wash my hair and just not comb it. And I just ended up dreading my hair, ripped them apart. Now, since 1995 till now, it's the reason I have dreadlocks all the way down to the floor. You know, I cut a couple feet off every so many months so they don't drag on the ground. But, um, but yeah, so like I developed a lot of issues, you know, with that extreme anxiety and there wasn't a lot that could get me out of that. One of the, one of the main things was cyberpunk. You know, playing a role-playing game was like therapy. It got me through so many hard times and so much anxiety moving around and just, you know, kept me from probably developing even more issues. But it would allow me to kind of separate from who I really am, you know, which is an anxiety-driven child in a man's body, <laughs> you know. So, like, it allows me to, you know, get away from reality and just be in a world I can create and be and do whatever I want. It was just something completely different. I never experienced anything like it and I fell in love. And then, 
you know, shoot years ahead. And now here we are. And man, with the excitement of the video video game coming out, it created this buzz that allowed the, the new version Red to build even more of a buzz. And I was just so excited for, you know, to get back into the tabletop hardcore, you know. And that's why I launched this podcast and I stream the, the games that I run twice a week on the Mulligan Live YouTube channel. And I'm just obsessed. And it's because it's more than just a game. It always has been. It's it's therapy, you know. The only other thing that I can compare it to is music. Like when I, I did a bunch of touring and past bands, you can look them up. You can look look me up on the YouTube channel and kind of dig around if you want. But, um, you know, I did a bunch of touring, some big tours and big shows in front of thousands of people all the time. We'd sell out clubs and all kinds of cool shit. And it, I just had so much anxiety getting on stage and doing it, but... I would just dive into the music and dive into the lyrics and I just I would become an emotion. I wouldn't be myself anymore. I would become this person on stage that was just going apeshit, jumping around, stage diving, just going nuts and it was just raw emotion and it was pure therapy. It was stress relief. And the only other thing I can compare it to is role-playing games, you know, it's cyberpunk. For me it was it allowed me to break away from what was really going on and just dive into these emotions in this world I could create and be something that I wasn't or that I wanted to be. And it was just so much fun. And and just to give an idea, like I know other people find fun and, and maybe some stress relief in playing games, board games, video games and everything. That's cool. A lot of times when you play those games or you're into sports, you know, you're still yourself. You're, you're enjoying that game. But I think the difference with the with a role-playing game is you actually take on a different role. You you completely separate from who you really are and you become something completely different if you want. And it's just beautiful. It's completely different than any other type of, you know, quote unquote game I can think of. And it's just been so much more to me my whole life. Uh and I and it's just it I just, you know, it it made me want to create this episode <laughs> on the podcast so I could so I could explain that. You know, that's how much it meant to me. But um but yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. I hope that made sense. Um, I, I know I can get I can get scatterbrained, and sometimes the anxiety can take over when I'm speaking and doing this live. And and that's one thing I love about doing Mulligan Mulligan Live, the video, the uh, you know running the role playing game live on YouTube and doing this podcast and recording it, you know, live and just going with it is, I just I I love you know, keeping it real, I guess, you know, as the kids used to say back in the nineties, we're keeping it real, but that's what, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like <laughs> way the hell back then, you know, but no, that's, it's, I don't know. It's, it, it all kind of plays into who I am now and how I do things. And it just helped me take things head on and, you know, become this other person and just have that confidence. And, and it's, it's, and especially nowadays with what's going on with the riots and the quarantine and the pandemic and the protests and just oh my god so much shit going on in the news and politics and it's just absolutely overwhelming and um you know Mm -hmm. cyberpunk is kind of keeping me afloat so to speak it keeps me moving forward with good friends and playing a game where i can separate from all the bullshit that's going on and just have a great time creating a world where we do and say and act however the fuck we want. It's it's awesome. So I don't know what else to say about it except it's it's pure therapy and it's it's totally not just a game. That's why it's way more than just a game to me. But um well said, well said. thanks so much, man. Yeah, I'm glad that made sense. I know like, you know, we've talked before how sometimes we'll get wrapped up in the emotion of what we're saying or our passion behind cyberpunk and it just you know, you can start 
getting scatterbrained with your thoughts because you just start thinking faster than you can speak and you just get so excited, <laughs> you know? So I'm glad yep. I could, I'm glad I could at least gather those thoughts enough to get it across. But, um, but yeah, I'd love to hear, you know, you explain why it's more than just a game to you and your experience, you know, your direct experience with our Talsorian games and that, that cool story you told me before, but yeah, get into it, man. Tell, tell okay. your side. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you. I was a wallflower growing up. I was the wallflower. You looked me up in the dictionary and there was a picture of Phil. I was such a quiet kid that people would tell me if they did not physically see me in the room, they would have never known me to be there. And that shyness carried, came with me when I started role playing. And I did that around 1987. And I was still the wallflower. I played a myriad of different games, enjoyed them all, had a blast, but I would not speak up. I, I was in a different character, but I still felt like I wasn't able to speak to anyone. And I would, of course, chime in every once in a while when directed to do so. But that was my first year of gaming. Loved it. Loved every every game I played. But I never thought I would run a game. Then a year later, Cyberpunk premieres. Holy shit snacks. It spoke to me. It, it must have because I bought it sight unseen. This big black box. I bought two of the supplements, Solar Fortune and Near Orbit. Took them to my friend's house and we started that evening. We bought it somewhere around 11 o'clock in the morning or something like that. But by five o'clock, I was ready to dig in. Now, mind you, I had said for the entire first year of my gaming life, I was never going to run a game. The idea never even struck me that I could possibly do this, but Cyberpunk spoke to me. Somehow, I can't really verbalize what it said to me, but it said, you know, something. And I sucked. I sucked really bad at it. <laughs> but that 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 thing that whatever that was speaking to me kept me going until I was able to create my own stories, create my own characters and you know bring me up here to where I am now 32 years later. Because for me cyberpunk is me. It's you, it's everyone who's been pushed down, pushed around by megalithic corporations or unfair government but in cyberpunk you have a chance to push back but more than that when i started running cyberpunk i had to speak literally i had no choice so it brought something out of me that i didn't even know was there you know i just was happy wallflower phil but this thing came out of me and because I was running at a club, we had a gaming club, there was a vast demographic of people, black, white, up, down, girls, guys. And I had to, when I stepped up to the plate, run for all of them. And that made me aware that, hey, Phil, you have value. You can speak to people. Cyber, well, I'll put it very simply like this. Cyberpunk gave me a voice. 
that's about the best way I can put it. Cyberpunk gave me a voice, not a voice only in gaming, the gaming world, but also in real life, because it gave me that confidence to say that, yes, I can go forward. I can show myself to other people and be bold. You know, the characters in Cyberpunk are bold. You have to be. You're facing down megacorps. So, yes, these guys are badass. And it helped me for helped me form some very strong friendships because when you're not a wallflower, you get out there and you talk to people. Those people get to be your friends. And it's like, this is great. You know, this thing helped me emotionally, socially, on every level. Now, remember, I said I had played different games before, so if somebody is going to attribute this emotional success to just gaming in general, you can't do it. Because I had played at least a dozen different games the year before I ever discovered Cyberpunk. So Cyberpunk itself was the thing that brought me to me, yeah. I guess you would say. No, that's awesome. I get it. I know what you mean by that. And because I, I was also playing, you know, Dungeons and Dragons big time, AD and D second edition back when I was a kid. It was around that time, you know, and um, and it was fun. I would play. Uh, I even was dungeon master for a couple of games with a buddy of mine. But it just it wasn't the same. Don't get me wrong. It was a whole lot of fun. I still play D and D fifth edition with some friends, and it's fun. But there mm-hmm. is something about cyberpunk. I don't know what it is. It's the gritty realness. The more way you can connect almost like it is us but in the dark future like i don't know whereas D and other ones have that total fantasy magic you know elves and uh orcs and or- ogres and dragons and all this fantasy stuff that like you know you can love and enjoy and dive into and almost um get submersed into it and almost feel like it's real and have a good time there's still like a level of even more realness to cyberpunk because it's more realistic to what I don't know, because it's humans. You know what I mean? Like, you don't pick right. a, a fantasy creature or do magic. Um, yeah, there's cy- cybernetics and cybernetics and really cool weapons and shit, but it still, like, has a, a rooted feeling of reality to me. It's, like, so different. If I can try to analogize it, and I usually speak in analogies, it's like a third-person perspective. You can play these characters, and you're having fun playing these characters, but with Cyberpunk, it's FPS, first-person shooter. Right in that character. That's a great way to put it. Exactly. Like you're, you're totally, it's, you become this other fucking character in this world. That's, that's so real, you know? Um, now I love it. I love the way, the way that you just sum that up. It's perfect. Um, but, but, but yeah, uh, tell your story too about when, you know, you were, uh, GMing and we're doing the convention. I don't want to give it away. Just tell the story. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) All right. Well, back in my day, <laughs> right? <laughs> back in 2014, there was a small local convention that I wanted to run Cyberpunk for. They had Shadowrun and all these other games, but I wanted Cyberpunk represented in this convention. So, I sent RTG, our Talazoian Games for all you fans out there. I sent them an email asking if they had any swag they could give away because I was going to run their game at a convention. I didn't think I was going to get a response at all. I got a response within an hour, within at least 
45 minutes, I got a response saying, yes, we would be happy to help you with that. I was in awe. I was like, okay, these guys are pretty cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. The swag didn't get there for that convention. The timing was a little bit off, but it, I was able to run it the next convention, which was only about a month and a half after the first one. I still ran Cyberpunk. People had a blast. I actually, you know, handed out all my tickets. I had a full table. I haven't had a full table in God knows how long. So I ran it at the very next convention, gave away all the books, and people loved it, pawed through them the entire time we were running. I was so happy to see that. It was just, I couldn't get the smile off of my face. After the convention, I decided to reach out to our Talisorian just to say thank you. You know, seems the polite thing to do. I called. Hi, our Talisorian Games, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking I'm going to talk to a receptionist because in my mind, Cyberpunk and RTG was this huge organization because, again, how much it impacted my life, I thought it had to be a giant company. Hi. I'd like to say thank you for... And I'm about to go into my spiel. And she said, oh, this is Lisa. Um, Lisa? Yeah, Lisa Pondsmith. Like, huh, what? I thought you guys were huge. He said, no, we're a family-run corporate... We're a family-run company. Everybody does a little bit of everything. And I'm starstruck at this time because this is the grand lady herself. And she's just chill and talking and I can't remember a thing we said, but I know we've talked for about maybe four or five minutes. And I'm just grinning from ear to freaking ear. About when I think the conversation is over, she says, hold on a minute. I'm like, hold on a minute? Hold on for what? Saying this to myself, I didn't say it to her. And she sets the phone down and she says, go say hello. His name is Phil and he runs our game in Baltimore City. I'm thinking to myself, no, she is not talking to him. And right after she says, you know, go say hi, there's that voice, Mike Pondsmith, that that smooth baritone voice that hey, you know, Phil. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like a like a new like a New Year New uh, Orleans jazz club in the fifties. That that's very, how cool he said. Very soothing. <laughs> I can't do it, but you get I get the point. <laughs> and I fanboyed all over the seat, figuratively speaking. <laughs> And he was just chill, and they were saying they took the time to talk because they were on the way to a meeting. Now thinking in retrospect, it might have been a meeting about Red. Yeah. <laughs> Back in 2014. So, yeah, they were on their way to a meeting. So I talked to him for about another five minutes. Again, can't remember a thing we talked about. I just remember thanking them both profusely because <laughs> Cyberpunk touched my life. Cyberpunk gave me a voice. Yeah, it's so cool. I, I did not have a voice before. As I told you, I mean, people who knew me and loved me said I was so quiet they would not know I was in the room unless I moved or said something. Yeah. Cyberpunk gave me that voice. No other game did. No other person did. It's just that experience GMing that world and that system 
So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I remember saying to them. <laughs> other this whole like ten minute conversation is thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Right? <laughs> Isn't it like that though? When you when you know when you meet somebody you totally fucking admire and you're a fan of, no matter what age, what genre, or what industry it's in. When when you admire someone of that caliber, and you hold them up like that, it, it is you know you meet them and no matter what you say or talk about or do, it's like you could, you almost can't remember. It's almost like a dream. You know, you like, you look back and it's like mm-hmm. hazy and you're like, Oh, I barely remember even saying this. And like, it's so funny, but how cool that, you know, they took the time to talk to you and like, you know, and I, and I, and it's, it's still like that to this day. I think, you know, no matter how big they were back then, how big they are now. And you know, now with what they're doing with red and the video game and all the exposure, they're still so fucking grassroots and cool. And like, you know, look how uh, their media ambassador, ambassador dude, Jay Gray, he's, he's coming on tomorrow. We're going to do a whole episode about Red and go over a bunch mm-hmm. of questions. Um, and we'll be doing that live. You know that. You, I know you, you've been seeing the posts yep. in the group, everyone kind of gathering up some questions. That's going to be a lot of fun. But they're just so personable. Like they just, you know, he, he is down to do interviews. Um, he was the one that reached out immediately about the Red Core rule books for us to stream and use, you know, as a pre-release. I mean, just... They just mm-hmm. seem like no matter how big they get, everyone that works for their company or involved, it's still very down to earth and grassroots. I mean, look how it's him and his wife and his son, you know, and like, you know, they still go to the convention. Well, now the conventions are all online, you know, because of the quarantine. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I just love that about them. They just it, it, it is. It just seems like a family run business back then and still today. It still has that feeling for me. But um. But I love it, man. That's so cool that you, you know, you called up and they're just chatting with you. And like, that's really cool. Right. It's like, you know, like it wasn't, it didn't feel artificial. It didn't feel forced. It was just like, hey, how are you doing? And I can't do his voice either. Right. I'll probably, <laughs> right. I, I, I probably hurt myself if I, I try. Hey, how are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> but yeah, is because even though I know they're a mom and pop shop, basically, for me, they feel gigantic. Oh well, they are. I mean, even even though it is mom and pop run or whatever, it, it's it's bigger than just your typical mom and pop, like a little coffee shop on the corner oh, yeah. style I thing. Mean, Jesus, I, I, I mean, I, they're huge. I, yeah. I mean, no, especially no, I mean, and think of think of back in the day too, when uh, you know, right now they're they're on the cusp of blowing up with red, and the video game's going to bring attention and new people to the tabletop, and vice versa. And it's just going to, I think, it's going to blow up. There's going to be so much, so much more source coming out and modules and things to happen. But think about back in the day when it was like that, like when 2020 was in its prime. I mean, they had so many fucking source books and modules and things coming out, and they were just, it was nonstop, you know. And they, they even as a mom and pop, they were. They were pretty big. They're hustling. And now, like, even more than ever, you know, it's not like they just got, you know, 100 people coming through their shop, you know, every few oh, months yeah, yeah, in know, a local I mean, I area. Not, I, know it's not that, I know it's not that small, but, yeah, yeah. Or, you know. <laughs> no, but I love how it's run very personal, like a mom and pop thing. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I'm, I'm, I understand what you're saying because I'm like you. Anytime I always pictured it before, you know, I, I got into streaming and I really got to know who's running it and got the beta and started talking to them and now going to do the interview with Jay and just getting to know more and more about it and talking to more people, their stories. But prior to that, um, I'm with you. Like I always pictured it like, you know, a big company, just like, 
um, just any place. Like you'd go in the door and there'd be like, you know, a room with a, a shitload of different artists and then a bunch of writers in this room and a bunch of, you know, yeah. uh, you know, their marketing specialists over here. And then the corporate offices aren't even in that building. And, like you know, but it's not like that. Like no matter how, how I, I would always picture it, like it, it's it's very family run. It's him and his wife and his son and like, you know, a few employees that I think they keep close to the heart. And like everyone is mm-hmm. fucking responsive and has that same vibe. I love it. Right. You know, as you said, everybody does a little bit of everything. And I owe Team Pondsmith and Team Talisorian so much. And Definitely. No, me too. You know, big respect and thanks goes out to them and still does. And it continues, you know, like I said, not just back in the day and the way it helped me, helped you and was way more than just a game. But look how it keeps going. You know what I mean? Like um, we're, we're able to kind of break out of the shell. We met each other. We're chatting here. We meet so many cool people in the uncensored group on Facebook and, um, you know, doing the podcast and meeting more of the people at our Talsorian and, you know, got that advanced copy of red that's going to be coming out soon. Like it just, it, it doesn't stop. And I love it. Right. Exactly. It's like, you know, a domino chain. You yeah. have to have that first domino pushed over. Yeah. Cyberpunk was my first domino that started the chain reaction, meeting new people, uh, doing different things. Well, yeah. You know, letting me know that, hey, it's okay to try new things. Exactly. And hell, I even learned, I, I even learned how to swim because I had the guts to try it. Nice. And I, I can't say that you know, I wouldn't have tried it without it, but, you know, I definitely know I had the confidence because of it. Yeah. No, it's awesome. It definitely, like, instills a lot of great qualities because of the fact that it pulls you out of your typical self. You... you start becoming this other person that you're role playing as. And, and, you know, it, it only makes sense that some of those traits and confidence and abilities and, you know, stats and skills, so to speak, rub off on, on the real person that's behind that role playing at the time. So when you get back to reality, once you, you know, unplug out and you get out of there um, and you're back in reality, some of that shit rubs off. It, you know, it starts developing who you are. And like you said, it expands, it changes, it changed you from a wallflower to somebody that can be social and can, you know, speak his mind and not be timid or shy or quiet, you know, and it's, Correct. it's just, it's Correct. a beautiful thing. Yeah. When red comes out, I'm going to lasso as many people as I can. Oh, hell yeah. No, most <laughs> definitely. Like I, I love the fact that, uh, you know, it's growing more and more. And, and what a great community, too. Like, you know, every time I post a podcast or we stream the game live, like I get nothing but support. Like there's really not a lot of haters and stuff. It's like everybody that's into role playing games and that sort of like, I don't know, geekdom community. It's it still spreads out just like at conventions from the comic book stuff to the films to to role playing games. It still has that sort of, I don't know, like nerdy love feeling like everyone's fucking kind of cool and no one's really like. Um, I don't know, a troll or a hater when it comes to it. And I just love that community aspect, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very cool. But yeah, I mean, I think we uh, we got the point across, man. Cyberpunk is way more than just a game to us. I, I think anybody listening, if you have a similar story, you relate to it, you have any comments, please leave it on the podcast. Join us on Mulligan Live on YouTube, youtube.com slash Mulligan Live. And check out the weekly live games that I'm running also join Cyberpunk Uncensored on Facebook, like the official fan page, follow the Instagram account, just show us some love. Like we said, we're trying to grow the Cyberpunk community, and we would really appreciate your support in any way you can offer it. So join us. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much, Phil, for joining me once again. We'll definitely have you back again. I know we got so many subjects lined up, and I love having you on, man. Any last words? Join us! Join us! <laughs> yeah. 
All right, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thanks, Rob.